welcome in to the Dolphins in Death show with caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of the show, Adam Beasley. What can I serve up for you today, my dear sir? Well, about 2.50, uh, I got a thin lie in the rough, uh, and I got trees in front of me. What do you suggest? I suggest we just go to the 19th hole and uh, <laughs> sit down and talk for a while, and I think that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, by the way, I don't play golf, Adam. Are you aware? Uh, you've told me that before, I believe. Uh, you, do you know why I don't play golf? Uh, no. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's really a sad story, okay? It's a tearjerker. So in New York, where um, I first lived, when I came to this country as a poor immigrant, um, they didn't have golf courses in my uh, in Spanish Harlem. And uh, I could see that. Yeah. And then when we came to Miami, where they did have golf courses, um, uh, we didn't have the money to get on them. And um, uh, when I did have the money to get on them, I found out that you have to walk 18 holes. <laughs> <laughs> they have these things called golf carts, Mondo. Uh, yes. And then I found out that they don't go very fast. And I like fast cars, brother. So, uh, you know, I, it's just not working for me all the way around. What can I tell you? I will say this. Golf obviously peaked in the late 90s, early 2000s with Tiger Woods when he was uh, at the pinnacle of his powers. And then, you know, it had been a long, slow decline until about, oh, I don't know, March of 2020. And what happened in March of 2020? The country shut down. You couldn't do things indoors. And all of a sudden, golf courses are packed because it is a safe outdoor activity that people can do. So uh, arrow up on golf, which is surprising. Uh, I will share this one little bit, this one little nugget, and then we'll move on to some real stuff. I did go to a driving range one time with some friends uh, about 20 years ago, and um, on my second, on my second swing at the range, I hit the ball about 300 yards. Whoa! Happy Gilmore over here. Yeah, except <laughs> it went. Oh, that way! Over there! <laughs> well, way over there! Not down the middle! Way over there! But yeah, that's uh, that's that's a key part. Uh, accuracy and distance go hand in hand. Uh, it's like hitting a baseball, except it's not! What the heck? Well, anyway. well, we need the Dolphins to go to the distance and have some accuracy and free agency. How's that for a crappy tease? A segue. Um, no, it's awesome, and um, so let's discuss free agency, which begins, I believe, March 15th with the legal, illegal tampering, correct? Yeah, it's uh, 17th is when the league year starts, so two, three days before that, teams can suddenly just start picking up the phones and calling agents, and it's amazing because they haven't talked to these guys in, in 11 months about free agents, and then... Uh, um, it's amazing how much work can get done in 10, 15-minute phone call. It's really crazy, isn't it, Armando? Yeah, sure. They haven't talked to any agents in a long time since the day before. Um, so if you are Chris Greer, which, by the way, makes you an employee of the Miami Dolphins for 22 years and the general manager for the last five or six, um, you do what in free agency? Oh, well, you need people that score touchdowns. 
That's that offensively, defensively. You need people who affect the game, either score points or take points away. And what are those positions? Wide receiver, running back, edge defender, and defensive back, cornerback safety. I think those are the four positions you'll see them address. They address basically every other position um, the last two years. I don't think you're going to see them invest a lot in the offensive line. I don't think you're going to see them invest a lot in the defensive line aside from maybe a pass rusher. Uh, but they need people who – they need game changers. They need playmakers. And that's not me saying that. That's Chris Greer saying that the, the week after the season ended. So that's going to be their approach. The problem is this, Armando. Well, there are many problems. First of all, the cap is has shrunk. It might be 180. It might be 187, somewhere in that range. But regardless, the Dolphins, this isn't 2020 anymore where the Dolphins uh, are among the two or three leaders in cap space. They're in the top 10, which is fine. It's all well and good. But they have like $50, $60 million less than the real players. So they're not, you're not going to see them go and, and, and blow teams, blow, blow you know, teams away with their offers for players. It's just not going to happen. They're going to need to be smart. They're going to need to be judicious. They're going to need to keep their powder dried, so to speak. And, and I, I don't know what that means. I don't know. And we can get into a whole list of players that are going to be expensive. That'd be really good for the Dolphins to add. But I, I don't know if that's the approach they're going to take. Um, let's, let's do this. We do know. They're not gonna. They're not gonna spend a lot of money. Right. Uh, they're they're just not in free agency, and they, it would not be smart for them to do that. The Dolphins, by the way, are expected to have anywhere between twenty four and thirty million dollars of cap space, depending on what the cap actually is. Mm-hmm. And that's good, except that the San Diego Chargers are going to have more. The Carolina Panthers are going to have more. The Broncos are going to have more. The Bengals are going to have more. Washington is going to have more. The Colts are going to have almost twice as much. The Patriots are going to have three times as much. The Jets are going to have more than the Patriots. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, 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 not Jaguars, uh, are going to have nearly $80 million, $77.5 million. (laughs) So... There's going to be some competition for whatever available talent is out there in free agency. Yeah, and um, the flip side is this. 2020 was the year for the Dolphins to be the Jaguars, to be the Jets, to be those teams you just mentioned. And it didn't really pan out that great for them, did it? I mean, their, their two biggest signings were Byron Jones and Kyle Van Noy. And you can't say they were bad players. They were, you know, they were they were fine players. They were, they they helped the team, but they certainly didn't help the team at the salary with which they're being paid. Um, and so, yeah, there's a there's a huge sugar rush the first week of the 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 the, the league calendar because all these teams are they've got money to spend and they got huge needs and they think they can go and fill them. But the truth is, only about fifty sixty percent of free agents actually pan out. And uh, the rest are just enormous wastes of money. It feels like in Miami, uh, for you know, between 2010 and 2020, uh, that, that that percentage was less than 50 percent. It was more like 30, 35 percent. So um, you know, just because the Dolphins aren't the biggest spenders in a couple of weeks, and they're not going to be, obviously, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean that they're going to they're they're, they're losing out because of it. 
it, it, it will. It, it does mean this though, Armando. They got to get the draft right. I mean, that, 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 if if you're not going to use free agency to improve the team, you've got to draft better. And, and and here's, I mean, honestly, the biggest key for the Dolphins would be they had what 11, 12 draft picks last year. How do those draft picks go from year one to year two? That's going to really be how we determine if this is a better team or not. If these all these young guys, they have the youngest roster in the NFL last year. If they take the step forward in 2021, uh, it doesn't matter what they do in free agency. It doesn't matter what they do in the draft this year. They're going to be a better team. So let me reel you back in real quick to free agency, and then we'll get to the draft. In free agency, give me some names that – because, okay, they're not going to cast a wide net, but maybe they land one guy. Well, you know, I mean, that, that that is expensive. That is big. Not I, I, I think like last right, year. Right. I, I think they need a wide receiver. I mean, I mean, it's no secret that they are limited on the outside. Um, I, I figured out the numbers. I think uh, wide receivers not named Devontae Parker last year. There were seven of them that caught a pass for the Dolphins. And the seven, those seven guys to, uh, didn't average 20 catches each between them and didn't average more than third, uh, you know, th- you know, 300 yards each between them. And I think those seven guys had a total of like nine touchdowns. That's bad. I mean, in, in, in this passing age, 130-some-odd catches, yeah, Michael Thomas did that, I think, once or twice. One player can come close to giving you that kind of production if he's a real top-end guy, and seven guys combined couldn't do it for the Dolphins. So they need wide receiver help. But as you astutely wrote this week, uh, that's easier said than done, even though it looks like the free agency class will be stocked with wide receivers. That might not necessarily be the case. Yeah, so some of the names that are out there are Allen Robinson, uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, who else? Um, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller from the Texans. Yeah. Corey mm. Davis. Okay, that's I. I think that's a step down, no? Corey Davis. Corey Davis? Yeah. Step, step down from what? Jakeem Grant as a wide receiver? No, no. Step down from what we were just talking about. Oh, from the I mean, guys. He, he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he had he had a fine year last year, um, but there's a you know, he he certainly wasn't the best wide receiver on that team. We'll say that much. Correct. <laughs> he certainly was not. Uh, so let's go and pay big for you know, okay, wide receivers. <laughs> uh, I, that doesn't. Blow my skirt up, Beasley. I'm right. sorry. My right. skirt is tucked into my lap. What can I tell you? Yeah, and I would agree that the top end is the Galladay, Robinson. Uh, you, you like Godwin a lot. I mean, I he's fine to me, but I, I wouldn't pay huge money for Chris Godwin either. But, yeah, yeah. Alan, Alan Robinson and, 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 and Galladay, they're, they're, they're legit number one receivers, and they would make this team better. Right, except that the problem is they're probably going to be franchise tagged. Uh, in fact, they are going to be franchise tagged if they don't sign a contract between now and the start of free agency. Uh, but that, that 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 does not preclude the Dolphins from acquiring them. But here's the problem with that, and, and you're you're absolutely right because the Dolphins once upon a time they tagged Jarvis Landry and then traded him. That's what teams do a lot of the times. They try to get something for a guy that. He's about to leave and it's become too expensive. But for the team that's acquiring him, you've paid draft pick compensation. And now on top of that, you have to pay the man. 
So why are you doing that? So here's – you're right. It's, it, there's a calculus involved. Uh, what you have to do – here's the sweet spot. Uh, say the Lions franchise Kenny Galladay. I think that's going to happen, right? We, we, we think that at the very least to have leverage to, so that he doesn't walk away from nothing. Your, your draft pick in 2021 has to be whatever the Lions would get in a, for a future comp pick when they eventually let Galladay walk in free agency because you can't tag a guy forever. Really, it's only just two years. And two years is tough at wide receiver because the, the high-end wide receiver market is, is, is so expensive that I mean, you could be talking about $18 million on the second year of a tag, maybe even 20. That's, that's, you can't do that. Um, so let's say Galladay is a – let's say even if they would let him walk this year, the Lions would get a comp pick in 2022 – Third or fourth round, probably third round. So if you're the Dolphins, you have to say, look, we'll give you a third round pick this year. This is this, this is the year you can get the third rounder. You don't have to wait a year to get a third round pick for, for, for Kenny Galladay. We'll give it to you this year. And then we, on the side, will work out some sort of compensation that's good for the receiver, good for the team. And I'm sure they could do that because I'm sure they've already had conversations with the agents of all these wide receivers to have an idea of what they think the range will be for the guys. So for me, if you can get Galladay or, you know, you, you know, Robinson, somebody like that for a third round pick, I would do it. I don't know if that's what those teams would settle for. That's the question. Yeah, I, I can tell you <laughs> the the second sentence of that negotiation after the Dolphins say, hey, we'll give you a third round pick. The Detroit Lions would say, yeah, you'll give us a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and now what are you doing? Uh, now you're paying either, you know, now you're either giving a third plus other considerations plus paying the man. Uh, in a year where it's not as good as last year for the wide receiver market, uh, in in the draft, but it's pretty good. So why are you doing this again? Well, you, yeah, you obviously, if there were other teams involved, the Dolphins would lose leverage. If there are only a small select few teams involved in, say, a, a negotiation for a, a, a tag and trade for Galladay, it would help them. But but it's not like the Lions and the Bears would have all this leverage either, because first of all, the Lions they blew up; they're blowing up the roster. They the Lions are basically doing what the Dolphins did a couple of years ago. I mean, they, they, they are going to acquire as many draft picks as they can, clear out as much space as they can, cap space in 2022 as they can, to go and really attack their rebuild then. Um, would, 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 keeping, you know, would keeping Galladay on a, I guess if there are 17 games, on a 5-12, and 6-11 team in 2021 be worth you know, not having the waiting a year for your draft pick. I mean, that's the thing is that yes, there's value to having the, the player in your roster. But if he makes, if, if Gaudi is making it clear he's not going to sign a long term deal and he wants to go somewhere else, I could see them being incentivized to go and make that move now. You know, I always defer to the star of the show on the show, but I got to tell you, uh, knowing Dan Campbell, he's not down with, I'm going to tank year one, number one. Number two, uh, they went and got Jared Goff, so they went and got Jared Goff to tank? Well, they went and got Jared Goff and two first-round draft picks. Sure. I mean, but I mean that, that, that's, that's how they got those two first-round draft picks is they took on Jared Goff's salary. No matter, no matter what they say in Detroit, that was a salary dump move. And, and, and there's no way that Goff is, is going to come close to being worth what his contract is. So I don't, you know, having Jared Goff on your roster to me is no different than having Ryan Fitzpatrick on your roster. 
it just he just happens to earn more, but wow. you're but 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 you're swallowing that earning more uh, because you're getting two first round picks in return. Wow, Jared Goff is Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, he wasn't Ryan. Ryan Fitzpatrick was better the last two years than Jared Goff. Hey, oh, boom! Wow, boom! Wow. Hey, so let me give you one reason why I think the idea of a veteran wide receiver, especially if you're paying him a lot of money, is not a good idea for you. All right? You ready for this? I am. And by the way, this is coming from someone who thought you got to get a veteran wide receiver and draft a guy, and that way you've got a veteran who knows what he's doing while the draft a guy is, you know, kind of learning and getting his feet under him in the NFL. This is now – Further thought, which is a dangerous thing for me, you add a veteran wide receiver and you pay him a lot, he's going to expect excellence at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. He's going to expect that that guy is going to get him the ball in the exact spot where he wants it because he's the veteran and he's the high-paid player and he's the guy and if you don't have that guy at quarterback ready to play that role, if you have, for example, a young quarterback that's still learning, that's still breaking in, that's still trying to get his feet under him, you have problems. And let me prove it to you. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they went and got a veteran wide receiver this year, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they did. It worked um, out pretty well. It worked out great, except that the quarterback was not in his second year. He was in his third year, and he, you know, blew up. He was just, you know, he was ready to take that step. Is Tua Tagovailoa ready to take that step? We have not seen evidence suggesting that's the case. Yeah. Um, Here, here's a here's a thought, and and this is uh, we got to get out of here in a second and take a quick break in a minute. But uh, but before we do, I. I Here's a thought. Um, I think the Sean Watson situation, and we'll get into the Watson talk on the other side of the break, has to be wrapped up by March 17th because teams like the Dolphins and every other team have to make their plans for 2021, and they can't, they can't hit pause on the development of their roster and pause on the direction of their franchise until the draft because they got free agency. And I think there's a very good chance that if the Dolphins have the sense that they cannot get to Sean Watson – that they essentially roll with the core that they have, use that bounty of draft picks that they have uh, in, in April, and, and I think it's four of the top 50, if not 60, um, and just build that way and add obviously add some veteran players. Um, because, Armando, 2022, the way that their, 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 their contracts are structured, they already have like projected – $90 million of cap space or something crazy. And a lot of these contracts they signed last year, if they didn't pan out, they can walk away with no pain so they could have even more. So I don't know if they want to put themselves in the position this year, assuming that they have the full faith and confidence of the owner in the head coach and the GM that they can kind of not punt on a year, but just to see the rebuild through slowly. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they would take that route and not restructure all these contracts to build up some short-term cap space at the, at the expense of the future, but really just see the plan through uh, and maybe not sign any of these huge high-end free agents. Two things on that. Number one, then they made a mistake last year paying over $200 million in new contracts in free agency. Number two, 
You add a veteran free agent wide receiver. Uh, teams don't like to do that with young quarterbacks. You remember the Dolphins had um, Chad Henney mm-hmm. coming in at quarterback, and they went and got Brandon Marshall, and Brandon Marshall utterly destroyed Chad Henney <laughs> on the sideline every other week. It was like, why are you doing this? Why aren't you getting me the ball? What, what's going on with you? It was it. You, you look at Chad Henney on that sideline, young Chad Henney, and it was he. He looked like a dog that's been kicked too many times because it was just it. It was abusive almost, and the Dolphins recognized that. And in 2012, they were going to draft another young quarterback. And what is it that they did? They traded away Brandon Marshall. Because Brandon Marshall's going to expect the veteran quarterback to get him the ball, be on his P's and Q's, and and play at a very high level immediately. And young quarterbacks, even emerging quarterbacks, they're not always ready to do that. Yeah, we're 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 way long. I want to respond to that, but I think we'll do it on the other side of the break because we have to take a quick second and hear from our sponsors. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. And we're back. And as always, Caddy the Show makes an excellent point that you do not want uh, a mercurial wide receiver blowing up the confidence and chemistry uh, of your quarterback in the locker room. Uh, but I would say Brandon Marshall is kind of a, of a rare bird. I mean, he, is, uh, he, is, he was the ultimate diva wide receiver uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, so if you're telling me if you want to put a Terrell Owens in this locker room, I would say no. Uh, but I don't think Allen Robinson's that way. I, I haven't seen anything to suggest. In fact, he's actually been a really good soldier considering he's played with absolute garbage quarterbacks his entire career and still put up massive numbers. So, yeah, I, I do think it's got to be the right fit, but that, that fit could exist here in Miami. You know what? It's not just Brandon Marshall. Was Stephon Diggs l- loving it in Minnesota? Was he, you know, was he loving it there? No, he was not. When the quarterback, who, by the way, came in as a veteran, when the quarterback didn't always get him the ball or often get him the ball when he was wide open, I'm just asking. <laughs> Adam Thielen, was he was he thrilled when the new quarterback was not getting him the ball in Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I, I, I grant you it's got to be the right guy, but I, I don't think uh, – 
they've got to add a veteran wide receiver. And I don't, you know, we can discuss what salary and what experience and certainly what level of chemical imbalance. But they, wow. they, there, there, has to be, there has to be the right guy out there because you can't just roll Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, and a draft pick into 2021 and expect Tua to make a jump. You just can't do it. You just was talk. You just were talking about, um, you know, maybe not not going full bore. So why not roll some of those guys you just mentioned in the wide receiver room and two first round picks? Two first that. round. Now we're talking. Now we're talking, Armando. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do have two first round picks, no? They do. They, so they, let's they, go, baby. They, they have they have needs that extend beyond wide receiver, though. Uh, like running back? Yeah. Like, what else? Like edge defender, they need a pass rusher. Okay, they, well. They, they, could, they could use a high-end safety. I mean, there, there, are, there, there are needs. I mean, I, I, I'm still not sold on their offensive line. I'm still not sold with their, on their linebackers. Um, they, could, they could really take any position aside from tackle in the first round, and I'd be happy. Do high-end safeties... Uh, is Ed Reed available in this? In this <laughs> because I'm not picking a high end safety number three overall. I'm sorry. no, not I, no, not number three. But they do have two first round picks, and then they have the 36th, I think, pick in the, in, in the second round. And there are there 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 are a lot of you know high picks that they could address all these positions. If you go all in with wide receiver twice, um, first of all, those guys better be studs. Because you're gonna, you're inevitably passing up on players that are really, really good, and that you might live to regret uh, later down the road. We've never played that game as sports writers, looking at who was drafted after who the Dolphins took. We would never do something that low, uh, but it would surprise me if they took two receivers in the first round. I mean, it would be certainly it would electrify the fan base, but that would surprise me. That's why the Dolphins don't win big because oh! they don't. Well, I mean, they don't do. The audacious thing, and the audacious thing is, look, our wide receiver room needs a lot of help. Let's get them a lot of help of the highest quality that we can, and mm-hmm. let's roll. And we drafted a safety last year in the third round. He needs to perform, and we have two safeties that we, quote, unquote, paid in Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe. And I know that everybody's saying one of those two guys is gone, but you know what? You paid them. You paid them. So mm-hmm. at what point do they stop retracing their steps and start tracing new steps? Maybe this is the year, but it would surprise me. <laughs> hey, so – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just uh, that would be – I would have to go back and look the last time a team took uh, two wide receivers in the first round. And, again, this is a good wide receiver draft. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I think the more likely scenario is they move back from three. Uh, we, you know, we, we gotta get, we haven't, we haven't gotten to the Watson talk yet and we will, but if they trade for Watson, the number three pick will be involved. But I think they're just as likely to move back from three, even if it's not because they're acquiring a quarterback, it's because they want to pick up assets and they think that they can get us, they can get a good wide receiver in the top 10 and get an extra first round pick maybe in 2022. So this is a new portion of the show. And we're going to bring this portion into the show, every single show, until we are settled on this topic. It is the da-da-da-da-da-da quarterback trade talk segment. (laughs) 
of the Dolphins in Depth show. So uh, we missed the first couple of moves there, BZ. Uh, we missed we missed uh, Carson Wentz and we missed Jared Goff and we missed Matt Stafford. We're just we need to catch up, bro. Yeah, we do. We do. There's the uh, some of the biggest names, obviously, of the sport of the last five years will be playing for new teams next year. And uh, to me, the the Stafford and Goff trade, as as we discussed in the first segment, didn't really surprise me that much because it was more of a you know roster management salary issue for the for the Rams, and that's why they they gave up what they did for Stafford. But the price for Carson Wentz shocked me. That shocked me, Armando. What is it? A third this year, and potentially a first, if not a second next year. Is that is is that what the trade terms were? True that. Oh, oh! Did 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 you happen to look up Carson Wentz's production last year? Not great. Did you happen to see how many touch how many interceptions he threw? A lot. And did you happen to see how many games he played to throw all those interceptions? He's been injury-prone. Not that many. And he's been benched when he's been bad. So if – and again, it sounds like the Colts were just were, were negotiating against themselves. I don't think there was any other team really, really in it. Um, and so at the very least, a third this year and a second next year, which is essentially two-thirds this year, uh, for a guy that looked – by, to anyone who had eyes as completely broken last year, like completely shattered as a player, what the hell is Deshaun Watson going to fetch? I mean, what what are you going to get for a guy who is one of the best three or four players on the planet, regardless of position, if Carson Wentz, who could barely lift his arm last year and throw a pass, you know, more than 10 yards, if that dude gets two third-round picks? That, to me, is just wild. Well, I think what the Colts uh... – you know, thinking is, is we have Frank Reich as the head coach and he's a quarterback whisperer and, uh, he did good work with Philip Rivers last year. Philip Rivers was not the interception machine that he had been previous years. And you got to remember when Carson Wentz had his best season, Frank Reich was his guy in Philadelphia. And so they are obviously betting on that dynamic. They are betting on that relationship, and they are betting on their head coach. I, I agree with everything you said. But still, Carson Wentz was so bad last year, and his contract is so big that there wasn't an enormous market for the dude. And yet the, the Eagles were still able to extract a third this year and maybe a first next year. So, I mean, if, if it works out for the Colts, God bless. I mean, they they, 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 they were smarter than the rest of the league, and – and and but it's the Patriots who had literally guys who couldn't throw the football last year at quarterback. I mean, could not throw the football. Uh, if the Patriots weren't on in, in on Carson Wentz with maybe the smartest coaching staff in the, on the planet, it's a big gamble for the Colts, in my opinion. It's again, they didn't have anybody, so they needed a quarterback. And if it doesn't pan out, you know. They'll still have their first-round pick next year and draft a guy next year, and they'll probably draft pretty high because Wentz won't be good if that's the case. Uh, but that, to me, that price tag kind of opened, opened my eyes a little bit as to what – I, I, I think if, if Watson is moved and if Russell Wilson is moved and we, you know, with each, each passing week, it seems more and more likely that there's some trouble in paradise there up in the Pacific Northwest. If he by chance is moved, it's going to be for – 
it's going to be for a, a ransom that our brains can't even comprehend. It's going to be so big and it's going to be uh, so overwhelming that the Watson, uh, that the, the Texans will have no choice but to make that move because they can rebuild their entire depleted roster with one trade. So let me ask you this. Um, would you prefer to be the Indianapolis Colts and have Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback? That you have to pay, by the way, mm-hmm. because he's a free agent. That's what you'd rather do than have Carson Wentz? No. What I would do if I were the Colts is go draft a guy. I mean, it's a good year for quarterbacks. That's a team that's ready to go now. Yeah. They want to go now. Okay. And, yes, and there are a lot of teams that say they're ready to go now, and their quarterback torpedoes the season. Fair, but they don't have the first, second, third, fourth pick. They're not going to be able to get that quarterback that you're thinking of. Well, if if they were willing to give up a first next year and a third this year for Carson Wentz, I could see them giving up a first next year, a third this year, and their first this year to go up into the top five. The Dolphins would accept that trade. Star of the show, uh, Beasley, I would say to you that Frank Reich is smarter than you. So no way. No way. That's what's no going way. to happen. That's, no way. that's where I'm putting my little nest egg of hope and uh, and faith. I'm going with Frank Reich. I'm sorry. Where, where are the Colts picking? Let's see. They are picking 22. So, no, the Dolphins would not give up the number three pick for 22 this, 22 this year, 95 this year, and maybe oh. – no, they wouldn't do that. And how long, if you might uh, answer this question? 21, not 20. Tennessee's 22, Indianapolis 21, but still, the point stands. The entire group of we're going to trade down, how long are the Miami Dolphins going to push uh, actually having to produce into the future? Tell me now. <laughs> because we're going to trade down and get, quote, unquote, more draft picks and get, quote-unquote, a good player, quote-unquote, is translated in my country as future, 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 future. We're not doing it right now. We're not going to win now. We're not thinking about right now. A couple of things. One, uh, Greer, and I know for certain Flores, would rather have a bunch of these you know, 15 to 50 in the draft players. If you can get as many of those as you can, he thinks they, they the aggregate, are more valuable than number three pick. Ugh. I, I, again, that's, that's might not be the right philosophy, but I think that's their philosophy. Uh, point, point number two, um, if they would trade out of three, Armando, I think it's as much of a hedge uh, against two of failing as anything else. I think that if they would move out of three to pick up another first-round pick in 2022, they're thinking, hey, if Tua doesn't work this year, we'll go get another quarterback in the draft next year. You know, that whole uh, philosophy of we're going to think trade down, get more players, yada, 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 that comes in part from the Bill Belichick way of thinking. That comes in part from the Bill Parcells, who basically trained Bill Belichick way of Mm -hmm. thinking. I got news for you. The Bill Belichick way of thinking works if you have Tom Brady. (laughs) If you have Tom Brady, then it works. Then you can trade down. In fact, you can trade down. You can trade out of entire drafts 
because there's been a couple of those in New England that they blew the entire draft, but they had Tom Brady. And so, therefore, they were okay. Do the Miami Dolphins have Tom Brady? No, but they could get Russell Wilson. Stop. Let, uh, I mean, where do you where where do you think that that the Seattle Seahawks are going to give up Russell Wilson? That they they trade away Russell Wilson, that franchise collapses. Yeah, um, I'm reading a report uh, from NFL Network saying that roughly one third of the league has called Seattle to see what it would take to acquire. While Seattle isn't outright shopping Wilson, teams are calling, and Silver did characterize, this is according to CBSSports.com, aggregation. Of course, that's how we do journalism in 2021, but that was the first thing to come up in Google. Silver did characterize GM John Schneider as someone who, quote, listens to anything and everything, insinuating that the club may not immediately hang up on those inquiring clubs. Seattle's potential willingness to listen to offers on Wilson is also something CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lockenfora has noted previously. If the Seattle Seahawks trade Russell Wilson, I will eat your driver. Oh, we have a bet. We have a wager. If, if on the other hand, Mm -hmm. they don't trade Russell Wilson, you will carry your own damn clubs (laughs) for the, for ad infinitum. And I will just come along for the, you know, for the scenery from now on. What do you think about that? I think that's a fair trade. Uh, What's because we got a couple minutes before we get out of here. Let's deal in fantasy land, okay? Because the odds of either happening are small. But let's deal. Let's 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 play the game. Uh, Russell Wilson would cost less to acquire than Deshaun Watson, correct? Why? Age, contract. Um, plus, huh? I think. Yeah, I think. Also, I think Watson's a better player. What? He is a better player, Armando. He is. Not only is he a better player, but he's seven years younger. Russell Wilson is 32 years old. And I know he's, you know, Houdini and he escapes and all that. But he's taking some hits. And he's 5'11". Give me the big, strong-arm, 25-year-old who just threw for 4,800 yards Sean Watson will, will fetch more in a trade than Russell Wilson. You don't you you disagree with that? Well, uh, that wasn't the that wasn't what you said. You said that Deshaun Watson is a better player. I think and he is too. So so let's just agree to remove the he's five eleven talk from this conversation because that is moot. It he Russell Wilson proved a long time ago that five eleven matters not one iota. To him. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? Can we at least uh, agree on that? I'm talking about the cumulative effect of playing in the league at that size. Okay. Uh, all right. So in his most recent year where he had the most cumulative effect of playing in the league at that size, he threw 40 touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He, but but he, he showed significant decline the second half of the season last year. Significant decline. He did. He did, and that's the reason that he's frustrated because he's played for a long time behind a very porous offensive line, and he wants better. He wants Mm -hmm. them to do better for him. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, there's 
there's friction there. But let me just say, Russell Wilson is a proven commodity, man. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson lifts the team that doesn't really deserve to be lifted. The, that team built around Russell Wilson the first time and won a Super Bowl. And then they got rid of the entire defense and built around Russell Wilson again. And they're pretty darn good again. He would cost the Dolphins $19 million if he, the Dolphins would trade for him against the cap and in salary. Uh, $9 million more than what Watson would cost this year. Um, the, uh, the next two years are pretty friendly though for, you know, for a quarterback of his stature. $24 million in 22, including a roster bonus, and $27 million in 23, including a roster bonus. Um, you could get, you could get Russell Wilson for cheaper than you can get Deshaun Watson. It will not, it would not cost you as much draft capital to do. And I think Ru- Russell Wilson on this team, this Dolphins team, uh, would be a fantastic fit. I, but also think that your, your, your window is five years instead of 15 or whatever with Watson. Uh, that is, again, another disagreement. Your window is not 15 with Watson. Your window is five years with Watson because that's the length of his contract remaining. I think it's actually four years, but maybe five. So at 30, Deshaun Watson is out of contract. <laughs> and what we've learned is that out of contract or in contract, he can or may or may not change his mind about where he wants to be. So uh, it's it's a – what is it that Jerry Glanville called it? Not for long? Mm-hmm. It's not for long. Uh, we're not – don't think – I don't think 15 years is a wise way of, of thinking of Deshaun Watson at all. At, well, That would make him 40. Well, it would make him 40. Hey – you can play to 45 these days, apparently, in the NFL. Uh, speaking of where we'd rather be, I'd rather be on a golf course right now, and I think I'm going to go do that because uh, we have we have gone a long time, and we've talked about a lot of things. Are you going without me? Oh, well, I mean, the, the bet hasn't been settled yet, so yes, you're still caddying me. <laughs> okay, all right. So where, where are you going? Well, I, I play all over, Armando. I, I've got a bunch of courses down here, and, and I enjoy them all. Well, go to it then, kind sir, and, um, you know, as always, I will serve you and uh, be loyal to you uh, like no other. <laughs> That's good to hear. Join us again next week for the Dolphins in Depth show.